Today I'm going to tell you about Adobe Illustrator. This is a vector-based drawing software. Uh, the difference between vector images and raster or pixel-based images will be covered in this as well as when to use each scenario. So why should you use vectors when you're drawing? If you look at both of these images, you can tell that they're, they're sort of very different kinds of images. For instance, the left image is has elegant lines and smooth curves and looks very mathematical. The circles are, are perfectly proportionate and all of the different shapes that you see here are scaled um, and have a mathematical sort of perfection to them. They also, if you look, each color is very solid. There's not huge blends of color. They're all very much uh, just one color all the way through. Whereas the image on the right is a photograph and we can see small gradations of color and it looks more realistic. So these are just two different kinds of images and you would just want to know which software to use to create each kind of image. The main premise of vector-based software such as Illustrator is that it uses Bezier curves and these are parametric curves frequently used in computer graphics and other fields. If you see P0 and P3, these are two points in space. This is, this is geometry. This is what you may or may not have learned in geometry class. Uh, P1 and P2, however, are invisible handles, Bezier handles, which control the line that goes between P0 and P3. So you can see by pulling out the handles a certain distance and a certain location away from the original point, you actually are able to control the math of that curve so that you get the exact shape of curve that you want. Reasons that you should use vector software include uh, the scalability. This is really important because if you use a vector image, if you're using a vector software, you can scale that image to be the size of a bottle cap and you can scale the same image to be a, look just as good on the side of the Empire State Building. If you're using a photograph, it is only scalable to the limits of its actual dimensions. So this is, these are some reasons that you could use vector software. Vectors are great for logos, and you know since, since they are scalable, they use math to draw lines every time. They, resolution just is not a factor. Now when would you want to use a pixel image or a pixel-based software, raster-based software? These are great for photographs, obviously. A bitmap is good for mapping out uh, slight variations with millions of colors. They're good for showing natural blends of colors and showing the artist's hand. If you're doing digital drawing and you want to see your actual gestures of your hand, you'd use a tablet and pixel-based software for drawing. If you want to show clean curves, you would use a vector-based software. And once again, you, you can only scale pixel images to the limits of their, their actual dimensions, their actual resolution. So about resolution, what are we talking about when we say resolution? Well, each individual pixel in a bitmap or a raster-based image is a square. So when you blow that up bigger than it's supposed to be, bigger than the pixel is at its you know, finest level, what you see looks like this. 
but what each pixel information has inside of it is a red, green, and blue value. These are the primary colors for light, for additive color, and you can see here this has got a, a red, green, and blue value. This has got a different one, and each one has information for the red, green, and blue values that makes it a different color. So all that information exists in a, in a photograph of every single pixel in the image. This one's only 20 pixels by 20 pixels, and you can see how much information is there. Here's uh, just showing you a color picker and where the red, green, and blue values are located. This is a hex number, which is a shorthand way of showing how much red, green, and blue value that is uh, in a pixel or in a color. Uh, what you see right here, too, is 227. The important thing to remember as far as numbers goes in color picking is the values for red, green, and blue is going on the basis of 256 values, 256 bits. So it goes up to 255 because zero is also a digit. So these are the values associated with the red, green, and blue in each individual pixel, and that's all the information that's there. So you said, what is additive color and what is subtractive color? What's the importance between them? This is something to know when you're setting up files, either in Photoshop or in Illustrator. So we're going to talk quickly about what is additive color. Well, firstly, color is experienced only with light. Without light, you don't see any color. You see black. The only reason you see color is because you can see black, though. They're a, sort of a light and dark are a contrasting uh, perception. So white light is made of 100% of all the colors in the spectrum. So when you're talking about additive light, what you're seeing here is all the colors added together at 100% value, and that makes white light. Now when you see 0% of all three of the colors, what color do you see? You see black. So another way of thinking about this is when you see a rainbow, what you're actually seeing is white light broken by a prism so that you're able to see each individual color. RGB, just like we talked about, is how you notate the additive color system. Screens, including your computer screen or television screen, projector, anything that emits light, uh, the additive color is what applies to that system. However, paper is white. And so what we're doing, basically, when we use uh, pigments, is subtractive color, and that is putting pigment on paper and blocking the light. So we're subtracting the white by blocking out different frequencies of light. We see red on the paper, that is when green and blue frequencies are blocked by pigment. Basically, additive means you start with no light, black, and by adding all the primary colors at 100% you make white. Subtractive means adding all the colors subtracts from white and makes darkness or black. That's a sort of way to remember it. When you're setting up a document for the first time in Illustrator, this is where you're going to start. You're going to give it a name, and then you can either pick a profile, um, and you just you go through all of these settings. This can be changed, your width and height, from inches to pixels. If you want to know the pixel value, you can leave it in inches. Uh, usually if you're printing, you want to leave it in inches. If you are going to, if your final output is for screen, you usually leave it in pixels. Um, your color mode is based on if you're going to print or 
uh, have a final output for screen. It's CMYK. It's going to be uh, a color space that translates to pigments. If you leave it and you know the subtract color system. If you leave it RGB, it's going to translate to the additive color system and will always be shown with light. Uh, 300 dpi means you have a little bit of wiggle room if you need to print something and scale it up a little bit, but you can't do it too much. And there are different or different profiles that you can use that are for print, screen, web, whatever you're planning on using. And you'll see what it does for you, but you can always go in and change these. So this is the first thing you do. And you just want to think about all of these questions as you're working through this document setup. If you at any point in time need to go back and change your setup, say for instance you have set it up for screen but now you need to print it, you need to blow it up, uh, you need to change the resolution, you need to do everything to get it to print, well you can always go to File, Document Setup and change all of these settings again. So let's talk about the tools in Illustrator because the tools are what are going to allow you to be able to get what you want out of Illustrator. What we're doing with vectors is plotting points, making paths, and connecting circuits. So to do that, we need to start making points and connecting lines between them. So the second little area shows us our vector tools. The pin tool has a little tiny arrow in the corner. If you click and hold that, it will drop down and you can see the delete point and the convert handles tools. Right here is the pencil tool, which allows you to actually make gestures on the screen and it will capture it in points and then you can go back in and change the points, move them and change the handles on them if you want. It's not quite as refined a tool as the pen tool, but the pen tool is kind of difficult to use. We'll go we'll show you how to use that here when we open up Illustrator. Um, you can also use the line tool or the shape tool if you want to start with a shape that has points and lines already made and you want to go in and just adapt those, you can always do that. Of course you have other tools here at your disposal as well. Shape attribute tools uh, can be found in various places. They're in the panels, they're in uh, the menu that drops down from the top, and they're also right over here. So you can scale, you can use the, the blend tool, uh, you can do fills and gradients, and then you can add to the lines that you've made or the circuits that you've drawn between your points, strokes, and then apply brushes to them. I'll show you how to do all of that. These are all things that change the attributes of your, your shapes and your lines and the points that you've drawn between to make those lines. Selection tools are actually probably the most important thing in any Adobe software, so we're going to cover those. It's these up here. The first one is just the black arrow, it's just called the selection tool. What this will do is it will select a large, like one whole item. Um, if you have a shape that you've drawn, it will select that whole thing. If you have a layer, it will select the things in that layer. Um, it's sort of an all-encompassing select tool. The one next door to it, the direct selection tool, will let you go into a shape you've already made and change just certain aspects of it, just points. Uh, you can move just the points around, the different anchor points that you've made. Uh, you can convert the handles of those anchors. 
you can go in and do fine detail work with the direct selection tool, but this will move the whole object as a whole or change the whole object as a whole. The magic wand tool is more used in Photoshop, less used in Illustrator, but this will, this is sort of a, a smart selection tool that lets you select a bunch of things at once. And then the lasso tool, you basically draw it around the things that you want to select and it will select just those points. So if you had a shape that was a certain size but you only wanted the points that were over here, you just draw a lasso around those points and then those are what's selected and you can uh, change those according to what you want to do. If at any point you need to make the inverse selection, so I, I've selected these points over here but I really want to select these because now I'm going to delete all of them. What you can do is go up to the select and in the menu drop down and check inverse and it will select everything but what you just selected. You can also do deselect if you just don't want to see everything selected anymore and you want to start fresh. So that's all in the select menu. Right there. There's another tool called refine edges. You use this more in Photoshop than in Illustrator. But it is, it's a tool for selection that allows you to make that selection a little more refined and uh, use some different math on that for making actual selections. This helps you avoid that cut out look, that scissors look, and give it more of a clean, softer edge when you want to select a, a area. It gives it, uh, you can change the way that the edges look. So that's a great tool to use. Layers are the other really important thing to Adobe software. It allows you to isolate elements. The way that you use layers, um, you can duplicate elements inside a layer. You can copy them and then cut them out. You can paste them into new layers. You can take any element. It doesn't have to be a whole shape. It could just be a line and you want to apply that to a different layer. If you want to affect one line but not the whole shape, this is a way that you do that. You just break it up into different layers and you affect each one differently. You can also transform objects with layers. If you have the entire layer and you want to you scale everything up at once in that layer, you just you select the whole layer and that will collect everything inside of it. You can change opacity. If you want to be able to see through one layer to another, you can change you have varying opacities and, and that's another way to use Photoshop uh, to do some cool things. And then you can arrange the layers. You can drag this one to the top of the stack if you want that to show up. You can drag another piece to the bottom if that's where it would really be in, in real space. Think of it like cell animation, old school cell animation with the different plastic pieces in space. Each one is underneath the other one and you can see all the way through them. The last really important thing about Illustrator is file types. So you want to understand the difference in file types when you're saving things. There's a difference between project files, which is the vector image, the, the vector project is what's scalable, and then there's export files. So anytime that you save with the extension of .ai, it's a project file and it maintains your vectors. So that means you can always go back in, you can change the, the resolution, you can change the dimensions of the image, you can do whatever you need to do with that vector image, you can scale it. Uh, at any point that you need to export it so that you can view it on the web, um, in part like in a Microsoft document, anytime that you need to view it in some capacity, you have to export it. You can't open up the .ai file because that only opens in Illustrator. 
So what you do when you export is you're actually converting it to some sort of bitmap image, which is not scalable. So that's an important thing to note, that you want to export it at the size that it needs to be. You can always go back into your project file, your .ai, and change the size and export it again. You can export it as many times as you need to, but remember, when you export it, it is no longer scalable. So that is the basic of the basics for Illustrator. Let's actually go in and just start working. So let's make a new file, just like we talked about. I'm going to use video and film. I showed you what everything does. I don't like this shape. I'm going to make it. Um, I'm going to make it. Twelve eighty by nine sixty. Take it back. I'm going to pick one of these profiles. Okay, how about that? We use this one. RGB. This is how you for screen. That's what I'm going to use in seventy-two PPI. I don't need to to do a three hundred resolution because we're not printing it. We're just going to see it on the screen. 72 is the default for that, and that is as much as it will show, so there's no reason to ever make it any bigger. So here we go. Um, the first thing I want to do is I'm going to first zoom out because this is really big. If you go over to here, uh, your zoom tool, you can also hit Z. It will let you move things around. You can also use the hand, which is H and kind of drag your canvas where you need it to be. So what I'm going to do first in a layer is place an image that I'm going to trace. So I think I'm going to trace this pigeon. There he is. Now he's a little big, so if I want to scale him down, and if I just scaled him like this, Oh no, he's squished. I don't want to do that. Command Z, that gets rid of it. What I do want to do is click and then hold shift. Hold it down and then while holding it down I can move it to be the size that I want it to be. And it constrains the proportions. So there's my bird. I'm going to fit him inside the title safe area here. Okay, there he is. But I want to be able to draw over him. Oops, um, so I'm going to take his transparency down. So with this layer selected, I'm going to go over here to transparency in this other panel. And I'm going to take it down to 50%. So there, now I can see that it's 50%. But I can also see the transparent background. I don't like it. So what I'm going to do is make another layer and draw a white box. Right here is your fill and your stroke colors. If I don't want a stroke, and I don't, I can always go and click none. The shortcut for that is the slash, the forward slash, next to the shift key. But that means there's not going to be a stroke around it. I want my fill to be white though. So I'm going to draw a shape now in this layer. Just so that I can see everything. There, that makes everything a little more visible. And now in a new layer up here, layer 3, 
I'm going to start using my vector tools. So first let's zoom back in so we can see what we're doing. Okay. And we can even go more. So we're going to start off with the regular pen tool, and this will do a combination of all of the interior tools functions as well. So what we're going to do is start it. Now we've made it an anchor point. Now if I click here and I don't let go of the click, I can pull out and you can see these handles. So what I'm needing to do is pull that shape so that it's about as close as it gets to his, and that looks pretty good to me. And just keep going, and of course, each handle on either side connected to both of the, uh, the points are going to control the line in between. So I'm going to have to come back and fix some of these a little bit. But I'm just going to go through and do a rough placement of points. Now what's it doing here? It's making white and then white and it's going all around this line. That's annoying. Well that's because I've got still got this fill on but no stroke. So what I'm going to do now actually is go into here and turn the fill off and pick a color for the stroke. And I want black which is zero RGB values. And now I have all this white. For some reason it didn't do what I wanted. Okay, now it's black. Um, and then now I'm going to show you real quick also how to fix these problems. So if I've stopped drawing, I can go back and pick up where I left off later. Uh, what I'm going to do first right now is convert some of these handles. So the first one that I know is wrong is right here. If I use the direct select tool, I can click on the one that I want to change. And so long as I have the direct select tool, these will stay in line. I can change the length of it, but the two will always stay in line. Or the three points, actually. So that's a little closer to what it's supposed to be. And how about this one? Oh, this one's weird. Now, since this is making a point, a hard point and not a curve, what we're going to have to do with this one is convert it because we don't want them to be in line with each other. There's never going to be a point at which all three of these points would be in the same line and will work. So we're going to have to move that with one of the interior tools, the convert anchor point tool. And I did that by clicking and holding on the pen tool and then it opens up this list and then I let go when I have the key right So I'm going to go down here and grab this handle and just put it right here. Now that's where it's supposed to be. So that's great. I'm going to go back in here and shrink this to Okay, using the hand to get to our next location, and we go back to the regular pen tool. Now you have to use the, the regular pen tool to pick up where you left off. If I go and hover over this point, it says anchor and it's got a little diagonal line. If it doesn't say that, that means you're starting a new line, and you don't want to do that because you want to close the circuit. 
So I'm going to click here. That means I started where I was leaving off. And I'm just going to keep going. Pulling these handles out a little bit. And do this real quickly. And you can kind of see actually the less points that you use, really the better the, the curves look because they're they're really elegant curves and you can you can really do a better job if you don't use so many different points. You can also use the scroll wheel zoomed in. I can already see I'm going to have to fix some of these. That's fine. I'm just going to kind of do this quickly. You can also see this thing can happen. It makes a loop. So you just want to remember to go in and check those things out before you You can't really see all of those unless you zoom in. Okay. So let's go in now and fix some of these points. So this was one that we already knew was a problem. This is helping control that line, so I'm going to pull it back to there. Controlling that line. I'll pull that back, that should get rid of that little issue there. And this one has a super long anchor, which is helping control this curvy line, so I'm going to pull that back. And we're getting more of that smooth shape that we want. That can be smoother. That looks pretty good. And Okay, so, so well, let's fix this one while we're at it. This is just you you can use your own sort of artistic uh, thoughts on the matter. In fact I'm seeing whoops. Alright, so there's my shape. Now I'm going to fill it with a color. So I'm going to choose my fill and make it blue to show me my RGB values and my hex number. Now he's blue. But I want to be able to see him again, so I'm going to just leave that off. Because I want to draw this wing now. So I'm just going to real quickly rough in that wing. I'm not going to do a super great job. We're just going here. I'm using a lot of artistic license too. There we go. There's my line. Let's zoom in a little bit. 
Okay, so I know that's a little different. There's words in the line. I need to fix it if I wanted to. Okay, that's close enough for me for right now. So, what do we do with all this? We have sort of a... We made a loop, just like I told you not to do. It's okay, we can fix it. So how do we fix this? Well, first of all, we want to keep that in line. Oh, I've made all these little tiny points. So this is where you can delete an anchor point. Because I don't need that one there. There, my line's a lot better now. Okay, so there's our bird. Now what we're going to do is apply some brushes. So let's go over here and look at our brushes. Inside this little area, we have a brush library. Um, here's our stroke. If we double-click our stroke, you can see a lot of different attributes of our stroke. But what I'm going to do first is apply, I'm going to choose this. It's already chosen in green, uh, the, sh the whole shape, and I'm going to apply a brush. And you have a whole bunch of different brushes in your brush library. I'm going to go over here and choose a paintbrush. And let's see what we got. See what this does. Well, that's kind of cool. But I don't like how I can't see his beak around here. Also, it's real thick here. And I'd rather be thick on the bottom because I'd rather that be the dark part. So one thing you can do is go in here and change. Right now it's a uniform stroke. And you can go in and change the way that it gets applied. Until you get something that you want. And it may just be with this particular brush we never can get the beak. Just because what happens is it, it trails off sort of in the middle. So, let's try a different stroke. That's a little more interesting, but it's so fat up here. How do we change that? First of all, I'm going to see what we can do with that. I think I like this, this uniformity better, which is not uniform, or this brush profile. That, that at the beginning of the uh, vertice, it gets real fat, and then it shrinks down in the middle, and gets thin again, and then it gets fat, and then it gets thin at the very end. So, but I want to change the weight because that fat part is way too fat. So I'm going to go down to 0.5. It gives me a little bit nicer of a curve. But let's say I wanted to do something different on, on this wing. I'm going to use a completely different kind of brush. I can go back in with just this part highlighted and then pick, let's check out what's in it. I'm going to pick this because this has sort of a feathery look to it. Ooh, that works totally nicely. So I like this. Now I can actually go in with my fill. Maybe not for this one, but I want to click on the whole body of the bird. And then go back and make it my color. So you can see that this does a lot of different things. However, I really want to add something like this to the tail to sort of show that featheriness. So I'm going to use the lasso tool. And I'm just going to 
draw a lasso around these points in his tail. And you can tell, if you look really close, the inside of these points are white, all of these because they're not selected. All these points are filled in with green, which means they are selected. So then in this layer, I have them, I'm going to copy them, just those that are selected. And that's the great thing about having selections, because you can select them uh, intentionally, and then you don't select the things that you don't want to work with. So I'm going to make a new layer, which you can see is blue. This one's green. And I'm going to do a paste in place. Now you can see what's there. But I don't want all of these, so I can actually go in and delete. I'm going to delete that point. But I'm going to leave all of these there. I'm going to take that fill out, though. There we go. And I'm going to apply while it's, while it's chosen here, while it's selected. I'm going to apply this stroke to it. And then I'm going to take the weight up to higher amount. Maybe even more than that. Cool. I actually like that. One thing, though, when you select uh, things from layers, it will keep the image in it. So I'm going to get rid of these extra copies of the image. Now we can see, you can drop down these layers and see what's inside them. If at any point you want to see only what's in that layer, you go over to the side and click and you can see these green dots show you that, that layer is selected and the object in that layer is selected. I'm going to close the layers back up now. But that's great, that's what I wanted to do. I've done some different, applied different strokes to brushes, or different brushes to the stroke. I've changed the weight of the stroke, I've done a fill with color, and these are pretty much the basics that you need um, when you're using layers and using Illustrator to create vector images. Like I said, this one will be scalable, uh, so whenever you want to export it, well, first of all, you want to save it as an AI file, but when you want to export this image, and let's just say I don't want the background anymore, I want to make that invisible. So let's do that. I just want this to be visible. So whatever you see here, that's what we'll export. You go to export, and it's going to tell you what kind of file it is here, it's going to tell you what you're calling it there, and it's going to tell you where it saves to there. So I can pick any number of export options, uh, such as a JPEG is a popular one. And then I could post that on the internet or use it in another file. I'm actually not going to do that right now, though. Hope that helps with your Illustrator needs, and good luck.